when Jesus returns, he's going to bring the entire world before him. And he will know who's saved and who's lost. And he will divide the saved from the lost. At that moment, it's eternally too late to get right. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Only God knows the end of a thing before the beginning begins. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing in our series through Daniel that I've called Courageous Living in Trying Times. At this point in the book, Daniel is experiencing a series of powerful visions regarding the future. In today's message, we're going to find him predicting the rise of Antichrist, just as many other Bible writers have done. It's amazing to see that Daniel's vision is so specific. We're even given some of the personal characteristics Antichrist will possess. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, The Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. I believe the prophetic portion of the Bible is one of the great evidences that it's the Word of God. I don't need one, but it is one. About a quarter of your Bible is prophecy. Did you know that? And a lot of it has been fulfilled, but some of it hasn't. And some of what we're in tonight has not yet been fulfilled. So if you want to understand the times, you get into the Word. Now, last time we closed halfway through chapter 7 with Daniel having a vision of the return of Christ. Let's just read it again so we can catch up, kind of refresh our minds. In verse 13, he says, I was watching in the night visions. This is Daniel 7, verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that's Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven. He, Jesus, came to the Ancient of Days. That would be God. And they brought Him, Jesus, near before Him, God. Aren't you glad I made sense of that for you? A lot of personal pronouns in there. Now, Daniel next witnesses Christ Jesus receiving total dominion over all things. This is where history is racing towards this event right here. Verse 14, then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Read this next part with me. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. What kind of a dominion? Everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Isn't that great? That's where it's all heading. History isn't going to end with the devil in charge. It's going to end with Jesus ruling over everything. Now, this vision that Daniel had of Jesus returning came on the heels of his seeing four great beasts, and you remember them, one was, looked like a lion, one like a bear, one like a leper, and the fourth beast was really more like a monster. So unlike the others, this fourth beast is not symbolized by any other animal. He's not like the others. Very, very different. Now we saw that the lion represented Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. 
And then the bearer represented a kingdom that had not yet come. Now, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar is what Daniel was living in. But now, once he leaves talking about the lion, that being Babylon, he's prophesying future kingdoms that haven't arrived yet. So he says the bearer represented the Medes and the Persians that conquered Babylon. And we read about that. And then the leopard came and conquered the Medes and the Persians. Who was the leopard? But Alexander the Great and the Greeks. Isn't this amazing? God knows the end from the beginning. And the fourth beast represented Rome. So you've got Daniel having a dream, and Nebuchadnezzar had the same dream, just different characters were in play. You remember Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of the colossal man, head of gold and so on and so forth. Um, And Daniel dreamed of these four beasts. But what's happening here, folks, and this is what I want us to get out of this study in Daniel, is that God knows the kingdoms that are going to arise and conquer and rule before they even start. Our God sees the future. You know why? Because he's already in the future. Matter of fact, God is in your future waiting for you to arrive. And the Bible says he's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies so that when you arrive, there's already a table prepared. And so... It's just an amazing thing to me that he sees them coming. He's in Babylon. Then he says, well, we're going to be taken over by the Medes and the Persians. And then the Medes and the Persians are going to be taken over by the Greeks. Then the Greeks are going to be taken over by Rome. And none of them had come yet. Only the Bible does that. You know the Quran doesn't have one prophecy. But our Bible is the word of the living God. And you know the end from the beginning. That's why I love to study it. Now, verse 15 begins with Daniel, who's greatly troubled with what he has seen. This has really bothered him. But particularly the fourth beast that was the monster, unlike any of the others, so bad, so terrible was this thing that he saw, he could not attach an animal to it. There was nothing comparable. And verse 15 says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body. And the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by. That would be an angel. And asked him the truth of all this. I want to know about this fourth beast. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. So here comes the interpretation of the beast that he's seen. Verse 17. These great beasts, says the angel, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. And then he describes these empires. Daniel's living in one of them, but the other three are yet to materialize. Not only does God show him their coming, but he describes something about the personality and the character of these kingdoms. And so Daniel continues with a word about the saints in the last days. Now we're coming down to you and to me. Verse 18. He says, these kingdoms are going to come and go, but the saints of the Most High, verse 18, shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Everybody say, that's a long time. He's saying kingdoms come, kingdoms go. Even the fourth beast, Rome, is going to come and it's going to go. But the saints of the Most High, turn to your neighbor and tell them, that's you. That's talking about you, saint. The saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom that never goes away, and we will possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever, 
ages upon ages, time without end. This happens when Jesus Christ returns to establish his millennial reign on earth. And verse 18 tells us that through it all, we win because Christ wins. Like I said Sunday, I read the back of the book. I see who wins. And it's the church. Now next, Daniel turns his attention again to the fourth beast. This fourth beast is really troubling him. He said he needs a special revelation on the fourth beast. So verse 19, he says, Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, teeth of iron, nails of bronze. And he sees this beast devouring, breaking in pieces, trampling the residue with its feet. I'm sorry, I, I just thought of Godzilla. Because <laughs> you remember how they used to show Godzilla on those movies, stomping, screeching out of that horrible roar, wiping out everything in its path. Really, this thing is Godzilla-like, what he sees. But remember, it's a nation, and it's Rome. Now, let's go on. Verse 20, and... The ten horns that were on its head. I wondered about those ten horns. What are those ten horns he's saying? And the other horn which came up, before which three of the other horns fell. Namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth, which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. Now let me make sense of this for you. Remember, this is metaphorical, illustrative, symbolic language. And it doesn't need to scare us. It doesn't need to make us go, oh, I can't understand this. Listen, God didn't give us a word that we can't understand. Amen? Once you understand what the symbols are, you're good. And so don't let this throw you because these ten horns represent ten nations that evolve out of ancient Rome. We went through all of this when we studied the book of Revelation. That John described Rome. He said, it is that which is and was not and then comes back again. And, he, and over and over again, your Bible tells us that Rome would come, would go away, and then would come back somehow. Now, we know that Western Rome went away around the early 5th century, in the early 400s. Western Rome totally collapsed. And you know what collapsed it? The same things that are collapsing America right now. The invincible beast stomping and snorting and destroying everything in its path, seemingly unbeatable, crashed, shattered, and faded into history in around 420 and 430 A.D. Eastern Rome continued much longer, past the 1,000-year A.D. mark. But even eventually, Eastern Rome also collapsed because it broke into two, split into two. Western Rome went much earlier, Eastern Rome much later, but they both went away. Now, Daniel and John say it's going to come back. It's going to come back. In both the Revelation and in Daniel, we are shown ten horns, ten nations that have evolved out of ancient Rome. Now, I know this is a little heavy, but follow with me now. It's just like the civilization and the customs and the geographical location. Ten nations will arise out of what used to be ancient Rome. That's the ten horns and ten kings, the rulers of those ten nations. 
and they play heavily in the last days. Because of Rome's location, these will clearly be, in my opinion, I don't see any other answer, but these ten nations will be in the region we call the European Union. And they play a huge part in the last days. Now Daniel says, Lord, give me an answer to this fourth beast and the ten horns. He's particularly intrigued also with the little horn that appears amongst the ten. Remember that? He says, I see ten horns, and all of a sudden I see this little horn coming up. And as this little horn comes up, he displaces three of the ten kings. The little horn is Antichrist. And we are told in the Bible that when the Antichrist comes to power, it is very fast, it is leopard-like, it is swift, and I believe brutal. Uh, It's a power play when he comes into power, and when he comes into power, he overthrows three of the ten kings. It's a power play. He comes to power stomping on three kings. Now, verse 21, I was watching. And the same horn, the little horn, was making war against the saints and prevailing against them. Now, let me tell you what this means. For a season, the little horn, who is the Antichrist, there's no question about it, because remember, Daniel said he had eyes and a mouth. He said, this little horn that I saw had eyes and a mouth. So that's letting us know this is not a thing or an it or a political entity It is a man. He uses the pronoun him, he, him. So does Paul. So does John. It's a man who epitomizes evil. He is satanically, demonically possessed like no one in the history of the world. Don't get me wrong. He's not virgin born. Rosemary's baby, no. I'm sorry, I just got to make things clear up here. Because people say, oh, the devil is going to have relations with a woman. No, no, no. The Antichrist is born like everybody else, but somewhere along the way, he is seized by the devil. He is filled with the devil. And he is a totally satanically inspired individual that drips charisma. When you meet him, you will probably like him unless you have real discernment. And sometimes I wonder where in the world America's discernment has gone. What is wrong with us? But unless you have discernment, he'll be a winning personality, a likable personality, a charismatic personality, a spellbinder behind the podium. And he will convince the world to follow him. He will convince the world to come under his control. And he'll have a man known as the false prophet, who is also called a beast in the Revelation, and he will be a religious figure. The Antichrist will be a political figure. He will be known to be in the political sphere, but the false prophet who comes alongside him to help him will be a religious figure. And he will perform, according to the Bible, signs and wonders that are satanically inspired. He's sort of like the Antichrist's own personal John the Baptist. You know, the devil can't come up with anything original. He's got to copy what God does. 
And so this false prophet will be pointing to Antichrist, saying, here's your man, here's your answer, and he'll do signs and wonders in front of a watching world, and he will say to the watching world, follow him, follow us, this team. This is the little horn with eyes and a mouth. He'll be known for his speech. Hitler was a type. I'm going to stop there. I can think of other types. Now, during this time, this is what Daniel's telling us, a great persecution will be unleashed against tribulation saints where they will not be able to buy or sell having refused the mark of the beast and will essentially be hounded day and night by the evil system put in place by the man of sin, which is what Paul calls him, the man of sin. Now, here's the deal. Antichrist will come into power. Notice, he comes up from amongst, from the midst of these ten. To me, when I read this, I think, okay, then he's part of one of those ten nations because it says he comes up from the midst. He rises in the midst of his contemporaries and he takes charge and he has his little false prophet with him. The false prophet is the one who tells the world that they must receive that mark. The mark of the beast, 666, whatever it will be. A laser tattoo that you can't see unless it's under a light. A chip, I don't know. But I do know that you will receive that mark. And if you don't receive that mark, you will be persecuted. And this is what Daniel is also showing us. John already told us this in the New Testament. But now we've got the Old Testament saying that same horn, that little horn, makes war against the saints and prevails against them for a season. He'll persecute God's people for a season. Tribulation, saints. He'll persecute them. And it will look like he's prevailing against them. It will look like he's winning the day. But he has a very brief season, as far as time goes, to do what he's going to do. So there will be a great persecution. He's talking about the great tribulation here. The saints of that time are going to resist Antichrist rule. Any Christian with any discernment at all will say, no way, Jose, to that mark. Or to you, Mr. Antichrist and false prophet. But the persecution will only last seven years, and the worst of it will be the last three and a half years, which Daniel is going to show us in just a minute. And then Jesus returns in the eastern sky. Daniel sees this. This excites me because this was before the New Testament. And what we're about to read, Jesus said the same thing. And John said the same thing. And Paul said the same thing. Our Bible is a unified book, though it had over 40 different authors spread throughout the world. Verse 22, until. Now, what's the until? It's connecting. They will be persecuted. These tribulation saints will be persecuted by the little horn Everybody say, until. Now read the next words with me. The ancient of days came. Jesus is going to put a stop to it all. They're going to be persecuted by the little horn with eyes and a mouth until the ancient of days came. And a judgment was made in favor of who? The saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to do what? Possess the kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at it. Jesus talked about this moment 
many times in Scripture that Daniel just showed us. Now let's look at verse 31 of Matthew 25. And here's Jesus talking. Look at the similarity. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him. Notice this. China, Russia, Singapore, all of Europe, all nations are going to be gathered before your Jesus, my Jesus. All the nations will be gathered before him, and look what he's going to do. He will separate them one from another, so Jesus profiles. <laughs> Can I say it? Yes. Well, say not the bad way, Pastor Jeff. Oh, I know, but, but, but I'm saying he judges and makes a difference between right and wrong and good and bad. That's free. That's not in my notes. I just want you to know he never told us not to judge. He just said, just don't judge wrong. Don't judge wrongly. Don't judge hypocritically. But if you don't judge, you're a dead man, a dead woman. But here's Jesus judging. And what does he do? As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Doesn't pay to be a leftist. I'm sorry. That's free too. I'm just noting that those that are lost, he put on the left. I'm just having fun with you tonight because this is so deep and so heavy. So bear with me. Now notice what he's doing here. Isn't this something? When this awesome judgment of separating sheep from goats takes place, then the righteous, that is Jesus' bride, will step in to rule the world with Christ. Let me tell you the judgments that's coming. When Jesus returns... He's going to bring the entire world before him, the entire world. And he will know who's saved and who's lost. And he will divide the saved, the sheep, from the lost, the goats. He will do it at his return. At that moment, it's eternally too late to get right. You cannot at that time say, you know, Jesus, I'm, I'm thinking twice about what I heard 20 years ago. And I think it's time for me to repent. No, that's too late. There will be a time where it's eternally too late. And if you're alive at the return of Christ, he will separate the sheep from the goats. Well, that's it for today. I hope you're as stirred as I am about the incredible prophecies within the pages of our Bible. Now, don't go anywhere because we've got some exciting things to share with you, our Life Talk listeners, you're going to want to take advantage of. And be sure to join me next time as we continue with part two of the message, The Antichrist and the Great Tribulation. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. And now, here's our announcer. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now. Or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The Antichrist and the Great Tribulation is the eighth message of Pastor Jeff's series, Courageous Living. You can own a copy of this 13 CD set for just $65 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Courageous Living, for only $65 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.